Damn, so that Andrew Luck story is pretty crazy, man. You want to hear something real crazy? What's that? You know his dad is the commissioner of the XFL, right? No, are you serious? Yeah, so Andrew Luck to the XFL confirmed. Dude, that's crazy because you could have Landry Jones, Ryan Mallett, and then Andrew Luck could be like the third man. He's the third man! He's the third man! You wanted a war? You got a war. You're listening to the Even the Odd Show with your host, Toe and Jimbo. Episode one. Now this is podcasting. Yeehaw! Welcome to the Even the Odd Show. My name is Tub. And my name is Jimbo. Thank you for listening to the debut episode of our podcast. But wouldn't that be an interesting wrinkle to see Andrew Luck uh, cross over and start the Sunday Night Wars? That'd be awesome. I'd love to see that. I mean, I know there is some clause in this contract that kind of forbids anything like that from happening. But it's fun to speculate, and we are all for that here on the Even the Odd Show. But that'd be awesome. And especially because, I mean, with the XFL, that's going to be something that they need. They're going to need some sort of star power to uh, keep this going on on past their first season because it looks like they're crossing all the T's and dotting all the I's for the first season except for right now we don't know who the talent is. We don't know where they're going to draw the talent from. We know a couple of guys. The only way they can pull anything off is if they go out and they say, hey, kids in high school, do you not want to go to college? Do you want to make money? Come to the XFL. That is the only way the XFL becomes viable because every other piece of talent is already being funneled into the NFL first or getting backups at best. Oh, the NFL will always have priority. So why not take priority over college? They have one thing that they they can hold over those kids' head that colleges supposedly can't do, even though we all know for a fact if you're any good, you're getting paid in college. Right. I mean, yeah, they could uh, maybe drop the age limit. What? Yeah, what if the XFL tried to be like an actual feeder system better than college football? They could actually honestly generate real interest if they could do that. The only problem with that being is uh, they may not have enough teams to do that, but that'd be something that, I mean, that'd be a good problem to have if you have that right. much talent that is actually interested in going that route. Well, if they have talent that... I mean, that want to go that route, and if they have people that want to watch. Yeah, I mean, you're seeing this uh, uh, with the NBA right now. They're doing this with the G League. Um, They're giving players that option, and they're also doing that overseas in different leagues in the NBA. So something interesting to watch going forward. Um, But either way, I mean, no matter what the XFL does, I definitely can tell you this is something that we will cover here on this show. We're always fascinated with anything that Vince McMahon does, and anytime you add bad football in uh, February to April. I'm always going to be interested in that. So keep posted. We will come back to this topic for sure. Maybe even later in this episode. Andrew Luck, what did I do to you? You, you, you could have retired an hour and a half ago before I picked you in my fantasy picks. There's been an interesting person that has recently joined Twitter. I think we all know him. I'm going to go by his given name here. And that would be Orenthal James Simpson. Mm. Um, you may know him. He is a Hall of Fame running back. He starred for many years with the Buffalo Bills. He's a legendary actor. Once considered for a role in the Terminator. What else did he do? Oh, yeah. There is mm. one thing that he did. Yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. Well, there's a couple things. Yeah, he, he did the. Uh, he allegedly did something. 
And then he did that re- really cool car chase with that white Bronco. Oh, yeah, that was really cool. Was I mean, that, sweet. I've never seen anybody run away from the cops at 30 miles an hour. Like, no. That was pretty cool. It was pretty unprecedented. Honestly, you could say he was like a trendsetter. He was. There should be more slow Bronco chases. I would have said he was a trailblazer, but then Ford would have been really upset. <laughs> so OJ joined Twitter, and he wasn't super happy after he drafted Andrew Luck in his fantasy football league. I was a little pissed off and a little sad pissed off. Which yeah. you can imagine. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have been happy about that too. Was the juice looking to squeeze? Ooh, maybe. I mean he is now. He's gonna be getting even now that uh, he drafted Andrew Luck. So so how does he recover from that? And then this also begs me the more pressing and important question I think we're bearing in the the fact that he's upset about Andrew Luck. Who in their right mind wants to be in a fantasy football league with an alleged double murderer? That's a good question. That's a really good question. Because I really, I mean, I can't think of anything in the realm of normal anyone that would want to be in OJ's fantasy football league. So so let's let's think about this real quick. If we're ruling out normal people, because I really feel like the only people that have any sort of mindset they would want to be in this league is either super depraved or just really mm-hmm. looking to be a part of one of the greatest memes of all time. Oh yeah. So let's let's try to come up with a list here. Like who do you think uh would want to be a part of this amazing fantasy football league that uh the juice himself has put together? Well I got two names that come to mind. They're kind of weird, so bear with me. But I mean you gotta take in like we said, who do you think would even want to be in this league? And so the first one I have is the creator of Scientology, L. Ron Hubbard. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Isn't he dead? He's maybe. We don't know that. That's true. I maybe haven't. their definition of dead is different than ours. If you pay enough money and get into the system high enough, they teach you the death is never really death. Oh, I think he transferred his consciousness. I get mm-hmm. what you're saying. Okay, mm-hmm. go ahead and continue. So Hubbard's in the house. And, you know, if he's in the house, he's also bringing someone else to the house with him. His boy, Zenu. Oh shit! Yep, they Sleeper. got Zenu up in here, and he'll. What he's gonna do is the key to L. Ron Hubbard in the league. What he's gonna do is he's gonna get everyone in the league to tell him their deepest, darkest secrets, and then use those secrets. Well, wait, to wait. Be really good at fantasy football. If OJ told him a secret, here's how he would tell it. Mm. He wouldn't. He would just keep it to himself. Yeah, I mean, because nothing happened. Um, well, you're going to think I'm crazy as a hoot out. I think I might be a savant. We'll talk about that later. I mean, those guys did steal his stuff, and they did steal it back. That happened, right? That was real. Okay. You, you got to check on what's, what's real and what's not nowadays. And what isn't real, or maybe it is, is the other person that I have going into the Fantasy Football League with O.J. Simpson, and that's the Terminator from the Terminator movies. <laughs> The one that he was supposed to be in, but wasn't because they didn't think that he could kill someone. They didn't think that he was capable of something like murder, allegedly. Well, he proved them wrong. Allegedly. I think I'm going to be tough to beat. I'm just saying. And so my idea with the Terminator being there, but it would serve a greater purpose, is that maybe the timeline that we live in, where the Terminator sent back from the future to join OJ's Fantasy Football League, is so that he can actually prevent the end of humankind in Judgment Day by keeping OJ focused on fantasy football. Keep I, us safe when OJ, all eyes are on fantasy football. I, I mean, I love this plan. I mean, honestly, it's a better storyline than the last couple Terminator movies. Dun, dun, so. dun, dun, dun. 
I'm totally buying into do, that. Do, 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 do. But so that's what I got. I think is Linda that, Hamilton okay though? Mm, we need to make know. sure on that. Jury's out. Okay, the movie's Good. not out yet. Oh, first off, I do want to mention. I think there was two people that might not have been in the league. Oh, was it like it was supposed to be like a ten man league? But now it's an eight-man league because two people couldn't show up. Well, that's alleged. Nobody knows what happens to those other two guys. Mm. So we don't talk about that part of it. Um, What I'm bringing up is I think that uh, Ron Goldman and Nicole Brown Simpson, I don't think they got an invite to be in the league. I don't think so. I think you're right. So I just want to confirm that real quick before anybody, you know, emailed us or, or got a hold of us on social media and and wanted to bring up that point to us. I just wanted to say, like, I don't think they got an invite. Mm, they weren't invited. Th- that's that's a real shame. Yeah, I mean, maybe they had something. Maybe they had beef with Elrond. I, I think they had uh, some prior engagements they needed to work out. You could say that. Well, I mean, I had a, I had one big one that I wanted to mention that I think would be a really great addition to this league, and that would be Khloe Kardashian. Ooh, sleeper, deep sleeper. Um, as you may know, there uh, have been some rumors going around for uh, the last couple decades uh, that O.J. Simpson and Kris Jenner, or Kris Kardashian, I guess at that point, uh, had a little thing going on. No way. And if you notice, she looks much different from her sisters. And I just looked at a side-by-side photo earlier today. And it's really hard not to say that that is not OJ's daughter. She's Little Juice? Yeah, I think so. And you know what? I think this league would be a good opportunity for them to, you know, maybe form a bond, you know, get close, you know, kind of understand what it's like to be, uh, you know, be a a father and daughter. Yeah, bonding. Yeah. That's all that is. And I think, you know, deep down there's a really sweet story about alleged double murderer that wants to get close to is fame sucking leech of a daughter and and you know what deep down that warms everybody's hearts yeah i think that's a good pick so now that we've kind of covered like a a kind of an idea of the type of people that we think would be in a league with oj what do you think oj's name and his team because i i think that's going to be a interesting thing that we'd all like to know would you like to take a stab at what uh he might have possibly named his team i have innocent until proven juicy Addition by subtraction. And sorry I preempted all those episodes of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers with my murder trial. Oh, man, that last one cuts so deep. Yeah, doesn't it hurt? I think anybody between the ages of uh, 30 and 35 feel that pain. Yep, I remember sitting in front of the TV and just seeing all these people in a courtroom and not knowing what the hell was going on and wondering where the Green Ranger was and how many putties he was kicking around. I thought it was a commercial for gloves, but I kept wondering why he was putting on that small one. Welcome to Tide Pods Talk with Gronk. I'm Gronk. I'm big and awesome, but this guy is little. Can it really clean? Heck yeah, it can. It's concentrated detergent plus Dane fighters plus odor fighters that fight for clean. Boom. Even this entire bottle can't beat Tide Pods. And now a word from future Gronk. Ugh. So one of the big stories from the offseason this year was the change to the new helmets. And you saw a numerous list of superstars uh, kind of, you know, not really excited about the idea. They I mean, they've been playing with the same helmet for numerous years, and it's kind of a comfort thing. It's something that 
they're kind of well adjusted to. You saw, you saw that with Tom Brady, you saw that with Aaron Rodgers, and most notably, you saw it with this man, Antonio Brown. Yeah, I mean, he uh, he definitely made it. Uh, he took it to a whole new level of uh, helmet appreciation. You could say that. Yeah, he kind of uh, he kind of went a little overboard when he threatened to retire over not being able to wear his helmet that he's worn for the last ten years, and he kind of caught a lot of shit from everybody in the press. And and you know what? I'm actually going to take Brown's side on this one, and there is a different reason. And this is what I want to get into, kind of one of the uh, darker points of football. Now, football is a game that exists solely to generate massive profits through advertising, gambling, and all sorts of various things that we don't even know about. And one of those things that they do is every single one of the products in the NFL is licensed to a brand. So there is an official licensor for the helmets. So what all these companies in the NFL need to do now with the recent controversies over concussions, and especially with instances like Andrew Luck, where you saw a Hall of Fame caliber player retiring early due to health concerns, they need to do everything in their power to try to make the game appear safer. Now, I'm going to use the keyword appear here because due to the natures of human bodies, any sport or activity where people just run into each other at full speed with full force and tackle each other, that is always going to be a dangerous sport. There's no way to make football safer. It is a ploy that is used by the NFL to turn around and promote to families and parents to say, this game is safe for your kid to play. We got this brand new helmet. It eliminates concussions. There's no tests or any studies to prove that, but it's just kind of a tactic that they use. And we thought it'd be kind of funny if uh, we created more branded events in the NFL that uh, they could really incorporate more ways to make money. I mean, they already do do this with like paying the United States military to do ads for the service. Um, they have all sorts of different branded events, and we thought this would be a real fun activity. Um, so we have a couple of these here. Uh, Tub, you want to go ahead with your first one? Yeah. The first one that I would do is that the league partners with Nerf to make oversized Nerf helmets, pads, and footballs so that the players can just bounce off each other when they hit each other. And then they can wear team-exclusive Nerf uniforms that will be available at Walmart or something like that. So the little kids can buy them too. And everyone can spend their money on these stupid Nerf uniforms. And that way nobody gets hurt. And it'll be funny whenever they hit each other because they'll just, like, flop. Well, you know what they say, it's Nerf or nothing. It's Nerf or nothing, and football is family. Yeah. What's more family than Nerf Wars? Exactly. I'm, I'm totally on board with that one. Uh, my idea was uh, I think that State Farm, in order to sell more insurance and promote safety, at halftime of every NFL game, they should burn down the she shed. Yeah. But the exception being, though, at Cincinnati Bengal games, they just burn the she shed all game long. Yeah, I like that. Or you just watch the dumpster fire that's out on the field that's playing. Yeah, it's like a choose-your-own-adventure. Yeah, yeah. Either way, you're going to get burned, but yeah. Hey, it's cool. They probably Maybe they can uh, they can take advantage of it. They can sell s'mores right at the stadium. Yeah. You can burn them over the field, or you can burn them over the she-shed. I mean, knowing the owner of the Bengals, he'd probably charge you for standing around that fire. Yeah, of course. I mean, it'd be like $30 for an Andy Dalton hobo pie. Oh, okay. But, I mean... It'd be kind of cool. You get to burn it on the she shed, though. 
Yeah, I think I think uh, all of us around the country would like to burn on the she shed at this point. My next one is probably my favorite one, and this one's that they fire. And I'm not saying that I'm in favor of this. I'm just saying this is something the NFL would do: is that they fire all the cheerleaders and they replace them with genderless animatronic dancing cans of Bud Light. I'm actually turned on just thinking about that. Yeah, so dude. this sounds like a really great idea to me. Put that on the star cam. Like oh those, yeah, have those cans all jiggling and gyrating. Maybe um, they can steal a page from the XFL and they can go into the locker room for the Bud Light. Cans. Oh, at halftime. Ooh, baby. And I'd they love could that. imagine all those Bud Light cans dancing to Old Town Road at halftime. Oh yeah, this right honestly, next to the she shed fires. This this sounds like a. A million dollar idea. Honestly, maybe we should cut this so the NFL doesn't hear us and copy this one. Yeah, I mean, Budweiser would throw away those Clydesdales in a second. They'd bring them out back behind the track and just shoot them and take out this Ooh, idea. Bud Light cheerleader and the Fox robot. The Bud Light cheerleader and the Fox robot? Oh, they're getting it on, right? I don't know. The Bud Light cheerleader's genderless, though, so Yeah, maybe? but who, know- who knows about the Fox robot? That's up to the- I think the Fox robot's a freak. Fox robot is a freak. You ever see him spike that ball? Oh, yeah. Just takes all the air out of it. It's all those Brady games he was watching. That's what it was. They didn't have a ball boy do it. They just had the Fox robot do it. He just spiked him on the ground. Here you go, Mr. Brady. Here's your ball, Mr. Brady. Is this one good, Mr. Brady? Does it have enough air in it, Mr. Brady? These balls feel good. Well, it finally happened, Zachary. Somebody burned down my she shed. Nobody burned down your she shed, Cheryl. Well, my she shed's on fire. So in the last couple of weeks, there's been a lot of news about the XFL and their new season that's going to be in 2020. And they've shown all the teams, all the logos. They had even those like embarrassing little origin stories that they did for every team. And with all that being said, I mean, I got pretty hyped on the XFL. So hyped that I actually applied for a job with the XFL. Yeah, they, they got back to you right away, didn't they? They gave you an interview and everything. Yeah, they gave me the interview, dude. The interview with Vince McMahon. So we decided with this being such a momentous occasion, I mean, with Vince being kind of like a a hero of some sorts to us in a strange, sick, and twisted way, we figured we'd sneak a cell phone in on this one and record this interview in action. We got the goods, and here it is, guys. The interview with Vince McMahon. Oh, there it is, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. I understand you've come here to apply to work for the XFL. Oh, you got that right, Mr. McMahon. I'm such a huge fan. You've been an idol of mine for so many years. I appreciate this opportunity so much. I really appreciate that, pal. Now, what would you like to do here with the XFL? I'd like to take any opportunity that you're going to give me, and I want to prove to you that I deserve to be in the XFL. I know so much about the XFL. I mean, pretty much the saddest day of my life was when the million-dollar game ended. That was terrible. It tore me up inside. I still cry about it every night. Ha, ha, ha! Yeah, that was one of the saddest days of my life, too. And when I say I cried, I didn't really cry because I'm a real tough guy, and I like smash-mouth football. Of course. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really mean that. Of course. Where's my football? I know. I mean, I've been asking myself the same question, like, where is my football? All this stuff now, it's slow. The games take hours. It's boring. Like, come on, move it up. Make it more quick and dangerous. Yeah, faster. Extreme. Dangerous. Yes. Yeah. Smash mouth. I hope. I mean, I'm really happy to see that we're on the same page, Mr. McMahon. I love it, pal. You really bring in bright ideas. You know what? I, I just have one last question for you. 
What makes you think that you would be the ultimate fit in my extreme organization? I like big muscles, fast football oh, players. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I like smash mouth football oh, where they yeah. helmet smash each other. Oh. oh, yeah. I like pile drivers, power bombs, oh. big boots, atomic leg drops, ah. tombstones. Mm. <laughs> All that stuff. And I'm ready to implement it and make your game better, faster, stronger, and take the XFL to the next level. And if you're down with me being a part of your XFL family... I can guarantee that you, Vince McMahon, will have two words for me. You're hired. All right, everybody. And now it's the time you've all been waiting for the pick'em portion of the Even the Odd Show. And now with the rules, we have Boris Bogan. All right, guys. Now here's the rules. We go through, and then we pick our picks. Now after we made our picks for each game, we go through, and we also flip a coin. If it lands on heads, that means the favorite is going to be picked. If it lands on tails, now that goes to the underdog. You may be sitting there wondering, hey, what if there's a tie? Now if there's a tie, that means it's a push. And if there's a push, there's, there's no points awarded. So that kind of clears that up. Are you guys ready to make the piss this week? Thanks for the rules, Boris, you stupid bastard. And don't forget to join our ESPN Pigskin Pick'em League. Go to ESPN.com and go to the Pigskin Pick'em portion of the website where you can search Even the Odds Pick'em. It's Even the Odds colon Pick'em. It's not too late to join, so join today. Even the Odds. Settle some scores with us. And now on to Pick'em. All right, the first game of the season we got on Thursday Night Football, we got the Bears and Packers. The Packers are getting three and a half points in this game. That seems like a lot for the Packers. Pretty old school uh, NFC North rivalry there. This game is also at Chicago, but I mean, that's kind of seems like a weird thing that the Packers are usually the favorite in most cases, but it seems like after a rough couple of years, and especially what happened with the Bears last year, that they're not getting that sort of respect. Any thoughts on the Packers here? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't look like they're getting any respect. It's hard to respect them, to be honest. I mean, the last couple of years, they went 1 4 against the Lions, I believe, the last two years. So, I mean, if that's saying anything, it kind of speaks for itself. Yeah, that's not a. Good stat that you want to have. Not to mention, I mean, you're looking at you have the Bears defense picking up where they left off last year with Khalil Mack, and who knows where that's going to go. So, I mean, it makes it kind of does make sense, even though it's kind of a shock that you'd see the Packers needing these points, but it kind of makes sense. See, I kind of view this as the toughest game to pick this week. Uh, I didn't know which way to go on this one. Um, the Bears were spectacular in the regular season. Uh, they failed colossally in the playoffs that we all saw, the double doink. Um, but that's one of the big questions you have about them going into the season. I really think that their offense is going to be fine. The defense is going to be spectacular, led by probably the best defensive player in football, Khalil Mack. But how is the kicking game going to respond? You saw how terrible things went before, <laughs> and their search this offseason has been pretty pretty laughable. So, I mean, that would be the big knock I see in the Bears. I see this as probably the tightest game of the week. Who are you, gonna, who are you going with? I got the Packers. Ooh, that's that's really surprising. Um, I, I'm gonna have to go with the Bears. I think Leo Max too tough. It's they're looking to avenge some demons after what happened last year in the postseason. So I think they're coming out tough, and I think this is gonna be the game of the week. Excellent. And now onto the coins pick. Looks like the coin is feeling a little Aaron Rodgers this week. 
They're going with the Packers. Telling them to R-E-L-A-X. Yeah, week one. They're they're going off right with a bang. So uh, just to recap, we got Tub with the Packers. I'm uh, going against Grant here, and I'm picking the Bears this week. And the coin is looking at the Packers this week. Cheeseheads. Green Bay Wisconsin! All right, in the next game, we have the Atlanta Falcons at the Minnesota Vikings. And the Vikings are giving up four and a half points to the Falcons. That seems like an awful lot for a team that kind of was a major flop last year. I would say most people were kind of thinking that they were not only going to win the North, but be a contender for a Super Bowl. And then they they finished nine and seven and didn't really come close. I'm not sure what to make of uh, the Vikings. It seems like they're back and hopefully better than last year. But I don't know. I'm leaning towards the Falcons in this one. Any thoughts on this game? This one's a tough one to call because I think that uh, the Vikings are definitely better than that, especially, I think, in a bounce-back year. I think they're going to be a little better than that. And so I picked Minnesota. But I'm also – who knows with the Falcons? I mean, you have Matty Ice. You have Matt Ryan. You have Julio Jones. And we all know what they're capable of, and Atlanta is typically a pretty powerful offense. There's always just been just consistency issues with them. It's like you never kind of know, like, what team they're going to be. And I would say that's kind of a trade of all the teams in the South anyways, other than Tampa Bay, always bad. But, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a real interesting game. Um, I'm I'm going to have to go with the Falcons in this one. Four and a half is a lot of points, and I think they're more than capable of keeping up with that defense. Now on to the coin, and it's tails. Wow, looks like the coin's going to go with the Falcons. Really liking the underdogs today. Yeah, Matty Ice with the ice water flowing through his veins, I guess. Yeah, you know, I guess money talks, and it's talking Falcons. Cold as ice. The Buffalo Bills at the New York Jets, and the Bills are getting three and a half points in this one. Oh, this is such a great matchup. Uh, kudos to the NFL on giving this to us week one. I mean, there's all these other great games, but I know I will be tuned into this one. I mean, we got a great matchup between sophomore quarterbacks, Josh Allen versus Sam Darnold. Which one's going to suck less in this game? That's really what's this is all going to come down to. Adam Gase is here. He's coaching the Jets now. Uh, I really think he's only here because he didn't hear back from Warner Brothers in time about his audition to be the Joker in the upcoming film. This is a classic uh, classic game. What were we used to call these sort of games back in the day? These were the CBS games. Like, these were the games that you could wake up easily at like 1.30, turn on the TV, and then you see the New York Jets versus the Buffalo Bills, and you're like, you know what, damn it. I, <laughs> the score is like 3-3. Three to three. I might as well just go back to sleep. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are going to be sleeping on this one, but I really think that between these two terrible defenses, there's going to be some points getting put up on the board. I mean, if you got Le'Veon Bell or maybe uh, Josh Allen this week in fantasy, maybe give them a look. I think they're going to be putting up some points, but at the end of the day, I think I'm going to go with the Bills in this one. Oh, nice. I'm actually going with the New York J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Oh, okay. Let's see what the coins got for us. Man, this coin is... Really loving the underdogs. It's tails. So it looks like we got the Buffalo Bills in this one. Bills Mafia. Nobody circles the wagon. Like, like the, the Buffalo, Buffalo Bills. Bills. We have the Tennessee Titans at the Cleveland Browns. Tennessee is getting five and a half points in this one. Oh, you love to see it. America's team right here in the flesh. The Cleveland Browns. How can you not love this team? I mean, you got Baker Mayfield with his running from the cop speed. Odell Beckham Jr., everybody's favorite diva superstar wide receiver. You got the guy everybody's got Chubbs for, Nick Chubb. I mean, this is such a great team. It's 
honestly crazy how far this team has come in a couple of years from being 0-16. But then still you got to look at the fact they haven't been to the playoffs. Yeah. They haven't proven any, anything yet. But really have the Titans either? No, I think they've proven the exact opposite. The Titans are a team that kind of lucks into the playoffs every couple of years. And you always kind of think like, hey, like there's some real potential here. Mariota is, is kind of decent. I mean, he doesn't. He doesn't shoot himself in the foot, but at the same time, like he's not really that effective. And this is going to be the year he's going to have to prove that. And it's going to be really tough without uh, his star left tackle, Taylor Luan, for the first couple games of the season due to a PED test violation. So it's going to be real interesting to see how things go in Tennessee. But I don't know. I'm I'm sticking with America's team. I can't turn my back on the Browns here. I, I just love what they're doing. I think they are going to be – Major players this year. Tub, what do you think? Dog pound, baby. I'm going with Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland rocks. Cleveland's taking this one. All right, and let's see what the coin has to say. And the coin has selected heads. So that means the Cleveland Browns will be winning this week in a unanimous pick from all three of us. So, I mean, it's safe to say, put your kids' college fund on this one. Lock it up. Cleveland's taking it. The next game we have is the Kansas City Chiefs at the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Jaguars are getting three and a half points in this matchup. Oh, this is going to be a crazy game. All 12 people at the stadium are really going to enjoy this one. Uh, but <laughs> I I don't know. I think I'm going to have to kind of lay some things straight here. Uh, who are the Jacksonville Jaguars? I think we all ask this question philosophically about all ourselves. We try to figure out who we are. But when you look at the stark differences between the last couple of seasons for Jacksonville, it's really hard to understand, like, what are they? Are they the team that almost beat the Patriots and went on to the Super Bowl? Or are they the team that was a complete laughingstock and by the end of last season we were all just looking to see who they were playing so we could play our guys in fantasy against them? So that's really what I want to know going forward with the Jags. And honestly, i got some major questions about Kansas City. Yeah. Uh, stats are always known to regress to a mean. Patrick Mahomes is not going to throw 56 touchdowns this year. No. There's no doubt about that. But their defense can't be as bad as they were either. No. So it's hard to say with them. Do you have any thoughts on Kansas City? Well, I think even if he regresses, I think even if he regresses to a mean, he's still better than two-thirds of the league. I think that's a pretty At least fair based point. on yeah. those numbers last year and the touchdown-to-interception ratio and just his size and the way he throws, his – QB vision is insane. Do you think there's any sort of sophomore slump for him, though? Oh, like of course. Where teams may have kind of figured out some of his tendencies. Maybe. And they might. Maybe. But it's one of those things kind of like I go back and I remember watching Ben Roethlisberger when he was young, and how long did it take teams to figure him out? Yeah, I think they're still having issues figuring him out just because of his size and the way he throws the ball. Some may say they're still trying to figure out Brady. Yep. I don't think that's going to happen, so... I don't know. You, you make a valid point. I mean, it could be a case where like he could just evolve even further and the, just the gap between catching up just never met. But, yeah, I'm strictly going with the Jags here. I'm going to be the contrarian pick here. I really think that uh, Jalen Ramsey is going to be able to neutralize Tyreek Hill, and I think as long as you stop Hill, you can stop the Chiefs. And I think uh, Nick Foles is going to be a big, big upgrade over Blake Portals. I actually think the Jags could be a sleeper surprise team this year. Who you got? Well, I agree with you about Nick Foles all the way, for sure. I think they're going to be better than they were last year, but I got to I gotta go with the Kansas City Chiefs. I do. I just think that I don't know. We're going to have to see how these Jaguars react, but I just think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be too much with Pat Mahomes, Andy Reid, 
Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. They just have too many playmakers on offense. And hopefully if their defense can take it a step up from last year, I think they'll be just fine. I think they win the game. I think that's fair points all around. I just think this game is going to be a little low scoring, and I think those extra points might come in handy for the Jags. Yep. And now let's see what the coin has to say about it. We got tails from the coin, so that means the Jacksonville Jaguars are the official pick of the Even the Odds coin. Which makes me feel a little better about my pick. I kind of feel like I'm going to be regretting this one and hearing about this one later, but uh, we like to live bold here on Even the Odds. Yeah, you got to live dangerously sometimes. You can't afraid to be wrong. You got to throw it all out there. Yeah, nothing wrong with taking risks. The Los Angeles Rams at the Carolina Panthers with Carolina getting two and a half points. You know, uh, if we're going by recent history here, I think this is the year where the Panthers pretend to be a good team. I mean, I thought they were going to do that last year. They had that really great start. You know, they kind of had people thinking that they were going to be a Super Bowl contender and then they just fell flat on their face. So, I mean, maybe this is that year. I I guess I would say the big storyline for me, though, in this game is going to be the health and status of Todd Gurley. If he is able to play at the level that he played during the regular season last year, I think the Rams are still the team to beat in the NFC, and there's no question about that. Now, however, if we're coming into a situation where he's a little hobbled and, and he misses time or he's just not the same, I think they may have some serious issues going forward in the NFC. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with that. It's gonna all Their success is going to hinge on Todd Gurley and that defense. And 100%. if the defense has to make up for any kind of slack left by maybe a subpar Todd Gurley this year, they're going to struggle, I think. And that hangover is going to become a little apparent from the Super Bowl loss to the Patriots last year. I think it's something, though. I mean, they got a pretty favorable schedule, at least in division. Uh, they're going to be able to pick up some wins. I mean, I know they're going to have to play a, a first-place schedule from last year, but I think they're going to be able to you know, put it all together. And they should be back in the playoffs. I mean, I would we agree. should see what would happen, but... I don't really have much to say about this one. I'm going with the Rams. I'm actually going with the Carolina Panthers because I think this is going to be the game where it makes them look like world beaters, and then maybe they start to slip, maybe they don't. Maybe this is the year where they actually go far. Who knows? But let's see what the coin has to say about this matchup. Are you being serious, or are you just wanting to see a nice uh, Cam Newton hat at the end? Uh, I mean, it'd be pretty sweet to see what he wears at the end of the season if they go far. Victory hat should be a thing going forward. But, yeah, let's check and see what the coin has to say. And it's tails. The coin is going with the Carolina Panthers this week. Looks like it really likes Cam. Woo! I'm going with the Carolina Panthers. Woo! Woo! We have the Baltimore Ravens at the Miami Dolphins, with Miami Dolphins getting four and a half points in this one. Citizen Kane, the Godfather. My favorite documentary, They Live. 2004's Fat Albert. What? Hold on. What the fuck does any of that shit have to do with football? Oh, sorry. I'm just listing off movies Dolphins fans should watch instead of this game. This is going to be brutal. Uh, I First off, let me just say this. The trades that they made recently were fantastic. I mean, getting two first-round picks for two guys that honestly were marginal. I mean, Laramie Tunsil's pretty good. He's got a good upside. There was a huge hole for the Texans at tackle. Kenny Stills is kind of like a middling wide receiver. He definitely gets the job done. But he definitely doesn't move the needle. Definitely not a first-round pick guy. But, I mean, that move pretty much signals that this team ain't it, Chief. Like, this ain't what they're going to be doing going forward. Like, they are purely planning for tomorrow. And you look at the Ravens, and I think they are they got a pretty good roster put together. 
I think Lamar Jackson is going to take the leap this year. I think he's this year's Mahomes. I'm not maybe not with the passing numbers, but he's going to put up a monster year. Uh, I would say between the Ravens and Browns, those are my two teams I like in the North this year. But what are your thoughts on this matchup? I agree with you. I mean, I think the Dolphins are going to get their ass kicked. Any I mean, any movie recommendations for them? Um, yeah, let's see. Uh, the Goonies is good. Okay, that's one yeah, of my all-time favorites. Yeah, they, they could look for treasure. Yeah, that's pretty much what they're doing now. Is they're hoping for treasure in the draft. Yep, planning for next year. Yeah, that's pretty much all they got. I mean, there's not really much to this one. I think we're both in agreement. We're going Ravens. I'm going Ravens. Yeah, I think. I mean, between L. Jack and Mark Ingram and some of the new additions they've had, uh, and some of the subtractions they've had, I think they're going to be much better. I think they're going to roll them pretty good. I think so too. Let's see what the coin has to say on this one. We might have to check this coin and see if it's faulty because it likes the Dolphins. Ew. I, I can't believe we got a Tails on this one, but yeah. Uh, looks like uh, their movie suggestion is Ace Ventura. I mean, it is pretty fitting because that's the only time you're going to see the Miami Dolphins in the Super Bowl anytime soon. The Washington Redskins at the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Washington Redskins are getting nine and a half points. Wow, that seems like a lot of points. I mean, that's... That's a lot to go by off of not seeing any pro games yet. So we have no idea what these two teams actually are, and you're going to give one nine and a half. Okay. Well, it makes sense because the team that's getting nine and a half is the Washington Redskins, and their starting quarterback is Case Keenum. Yeah, seriously, Case Keenum. They couldn't find anybody better. That's what they're rolling with. Yeah, uh, this is why sometimes the NFL is just a nutty league where there's certain guys that definitely – can still play but won't get a chance. I won't even mention their names because we all know. But you'll see Case Keenum. And which makes you think like they spent a nice big shiny first round draft pick on on Dwayne Haskins from Ohio State. Why aren't they going there? What is their plan? Are they actively trying to be bad? Maybe to get some good teammates to go with Haskins next year? I'm not sure what to say other than I think the Eagles are going to kill these guys. Uh, my one question I would have for you, Tub, is uh, what is the main outlook for the Eagles? Do you think Carson Wentz can stay healthy this whole season? I mean, if I was an Eagles fan, I would hope so. I think because they, they kind of need it now. They absolutely do. Any kind of success they're going to have is going to be on the arm of Carson Wentz. And if he gets hurt, there's no more Nick Foles to fall back on. Yeah, they kind of ran out of their backup plan. I think I don't even know who their backup is. So yeah, I, mean, I mean, to be completely honest, I don't either. I I think that might be cause for concern. I mean, we haven't seen him finish a year. Uh, I don't think once in his career. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm sure you guys out there will let me know if that's the case. But I think that's just one of those things where we're gonna have to see him prove it. But it's gonna be interesting. But this this is gonna be a bloodbath. I'm going with the Eagles. Yep, I'm taking Philly too. And the coin says. The coin is actually going to agree with this this time. They're going to go heads with the Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. Cincinnati Bengals at the Seattle Seahawks. The Bengals are getting nine and a half points as well in this one. Oh, uh, This is one of those games, again, uh, crazy line. I mean, we've seen absolutely nothing from these teams to suggest that one is ten points better than the other. But we're, I guess we're just going to have to go with it. Um but at the same time, have you seen the Bengals last year? I don't think this is a really good team. <laughs> I mean, I think they have a lot of issues. I think uh, a lot of their issues are structural. It really doesn't matter who's out there. I think they're always going to have some sort of problems. And I kind of feel bad for them because they got some great players. A.J. Green, definitely going to be a Hall of Fame player. Andy Dalton gets a lot more, uh, I would say, 
negative press than he really deserves. He's a serviceable quarterback, but at the same time, these guys have no chance in Seattle. I mean, Seattle's a well-oiled machine, and I think they are going to roll them. What do you got for this one? Yeah, I agree. I'm going with Seattle as well. I think that the thing is, is I think Russell Wilson's too good for anything he's going to see against the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't think the Bengals are going to be able to adapt and overcome the Seattle Seahawks. And I also think that Cincinnati sucks. I, I agree. All right, and then let's see what the coin's got to say in this one. Looks like the coin is agreeing with this here. They're going to go heads for the Seahawks. Yeah, Cincinnati sucks. Cincinnati Bengals suck! The Indianapolis Colts at the Los Angeles Chargers, and the Colts are getting only two and a half points in this one. Wait, who are the Los Angeles Chargers? Oh, yeah, that's right. They're the San Diego Chargers that decided to go play in a soccer stadium in front of nobody. Oh, yeah, that's right. And they have no fans, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah those guys. Now I remember. Oh, yeah, this game, uh, you know, if you would have talked about this one not even a month ago, this probably would have been circled as one of the better games of the week. You got a matchup of two playoff teams from last year, and you would have figured, oh, Phillip Rivers versus Andrew Luck. What a great matchup. Instead, we're going to have Phillip Rivers versus Jacoby Brissett. The main thing that is going to be interesting for the Colts this week is going to be the drop-off from Luck to Brissett. I think this is still a team that is capable of doing some things in the AFC South. However, it's going to hinge on how well Brissett is able to take over that offense. If he's able to kind of be half as good as Andrew Luck, I think they could get to eight or nine wins. Now, if he's able to kind of take that full step, which he's kind of shown flashes of in the past with his brief stints with the Patriots and when Luck was forced out due to injury a couple years ago. I'm not sure how this is going to go. I'm kind of more on a wait and see with the Colts. I think uh, the Chargers are kind of more of a finished, proven product, and I think they're going to go through and they're going to take care of business in this game, and they're going to make all 15 of their fans really happy this week. What do you think about this one? I think that the Colts are going to play spoiler for a lot of teams this year, and I think they're going to win some games that they probably shouldn't. But I also think that, you know, like you said, the L.A. Chargers – they're more of a proven commodity, and I just think that it's too soon with the Andrew Luck departure for the Colts to really match up strong against the Chargers in any capacity. I'm interested to see what that team is like a few weeks from now. Yeah, me too. I think if they give them some time and you're able to see them game plan around the idea of it being Brissett's team, I think they could do some interesting things. I think Frank Reich's a really good head coach, mm-hmm. and I think he did a great job with them last year. So, um, I'm kind of interested to see where they go, but at the same time, I just don't see them as the team that we all thought they were going to be even a month ago. So You're taking the Chargers? I'm going with the Chargers. I'm going with the Chargers, and I think the one fact, before we get to the coin, that will remain is that Phillip Rivers is going to have more kids than they have fans. Oh, I think he's getting close. He's getting well, close. Well, actually, no. Is that even fair? Because you would have to think those kids are his fans. Ooh. Yeah, I don't know. This is like a chicken and egg kind of thing. Okay. Under the that coin. That makes sense. And it looks like we got heads here. So that would mean that the L.A., San Diego, no one gives a shit Chargers are going to win, according to the coin. Gold Chargers, goal. The New York Giants at the Dallas Cowboys. The New York Giants are getting seven and a half points. This is a trap of trap games. This is the trappiest trap game. This really all comes down to whether one man decides to play or not. And I think that's going to be one Ezekiel Elliott. Mm -hmm. If the Cowboys have Zeke, I think they roll the Giants. I think they have no chance. However, 
if they are able to turn the tides and make this game all about Dak Prescott throwing the ball and they're able to neutralize the run and they're able to kind of con- do some ball control with Saquon Barkley, I think the Giants have a great shot. So I'm kind of torn on this one. I'm going to lean on the idea that I think Zeke is going to play. I think they're going to hammer out this contract and it's going to get taken care of before week one. So I guess I'm going to go with the Cowboys in this one. I think they're going to pull this off and they're going to prove me right. As much as I can't believe I'm saying it, I'm actually going to take the New York Giants. Whoa. Yep. I just have this feeling that, I mean, even if they have Zeke, I just have this weird feeling about the Giants starting kind of at the bottom, fresh slate. And no expectations. And I think that against a team like the Cowboys where there's always expectations is kind of dangerous. It's funny that you say that because no team has repeated as NFC East champion since the 2004 Philadelphia Eagles. So I think what you're kind of saying here is you're predicting that the Cowboys may be off to a rough start. They may keep that trend going. What's that's an interesting thing to keep an eye on. I think that could be a storyline going forward this season. I, I but think I guess, they're going to have a good offense. It's just I think in this game, I think it's kind of a trap. I, I think so, too. I, I think so, too. I think they could get it done. But, I mean, when you're looking at these at the spread, I mean, 7.5 is quite a bit. I think yeah. it's going to be a little bit closer than people are projecting. So I could definitely see the Giants covering. But I'm going to stick with my pick of the Cowboys. All right. Now go with the G-men. And let's see what the coins got to say about this. So, uh, ride them, Cowboys, ride them. The coin's going heads. The Detroit Lions at the Arizona Cardinals with the Cardinals getting two and a half points. Oh, boy. What is there to say about these two teams? I mean, this is the epitome of one of those games where you're going to forget even existed. This is an ambient game. Yeah, the only people that care about this are the sad sacks who are fans of the Lions and Cardinals. Uh, compulsive betters, and people that are in 30-team fantasy leagues. I just don't see any appeal in this game. Uh, First off, let me start with the Lions. Um, The Lions, as a franchise, uh, they're kind of always behind the times. I would say of all the teams, whenever a new fad comes through, they adopt it about 15 years too late. They did this with Mariucci with the West Coast offense back in the late 90s after pretty much everyone has already figured out how that works. They tried this again later on with, you know, Rod Marinelli and his defense and, oh, we're going to bring back to Tampa too. Everybody kind of figured out what to do with that. So the Lions just have a history of this. And now their new thing that they're on year two of this project, which is doing it the Patriot way. We've all seen this. We've all seen this. And I think at this point it can be proven that you know why the Patriots are good. Bill Belichick is the greatest coach in the history of the NFL. You know why all these other guys, Josh McDaniels, Romeo Cornell, Charlie Weiss, I could go on and on and on. You know why those guys aren't good? They're not Bill Belichick. And they take credit for things that Belichick did. And you notice when he's not there, they don't do so hot. So I'm, I don't know what to say. I mean, I think the Lions on paper could be a decent team, but I'm just not seeing it. I mean, do you have any thoughts on the Lions or their opponent, the Cardinals, this week? I mean, here's the thing. The only thing about the Lions is that I do think that they have one of the better kind of undersung quarterbacks in the league and underappreciated quarterbacks in the league. Oh, yeah, one of the toughest, too. I, oh, without question. 
But the thing is, is how many times do they go into a game just like this at the beginning of a season with some sort of expectation and totally blow it to this rookie quarterback that had a terrible preseason and was totally set up to fail for this season but can kind of get a stepping stone on the Detroit Lions? Uh, that seems like pretty much every year. Kind of happened mean, last year. Yeah. they. I think a lot of people were expecting the Lions to come in and absolutely destroy the Jets on Monday Night Football last year. I mean, especially, too, after they started off the game with that pick six against Darnold. I mean, it was looking pretty good for them, but they were just – it was awful. That was one of the yeah. worst games I watched last season. It I, was terrible. I don't know. I'm not buying into this Lions regime. They really got to prove it to me. Nope. Matt Patricia coaches like he dresses like a guy with a fucking micro penis. Yeah. Yeah, he, he does look like somebody who's got something to prove. <laughs> and on the flip side of that, I think – the Cardinals are an interesting case. I think they're, here's a team that just gave up on their first-round draft pick from the year prior um, who had literally nothing around him. He had one of the league's worst line. The only real weapon that he had was Larry Fitzgerald, who was in his late 30s at this point. I mean, Still hell of going. a career, but he's definitely not Larry Fitzgerald anymore. No. I mean, I think we can all kind of agree on that. He's kind of more coasting on his experience more of a locker room entity than oh yeah totally like he's still a great player but he's not the same and then you have david johnson who was probably the bane of your existence if you had him in fantasy football last Mm -hmm. year i mean who is he is he going to be that guy that he was a couple years ago or is he going to continue his slide and will he miss more significant time this season it's it's tough to tell this one this is another one of those games you're better off not watching i hope you have no ties to this one um, but I mean, that being said, I think, I think I'm going to go against all logic and I'm going to take the lions. Jimbo was drinking the Kool-Aid and I'm going with the Arizona Cardinals. Now let's, let's see, see what, the, what the, coin the coin has, has, to, has say. to say. The coin is picking the lions. And now we have the San Francisco 49ers against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with the Buccaneers giving up one and a half points to the 49ers. Is this a real game? I guess. Oh, boy. Uh, I got nothing to say about this one. I- I'm pretty sure one of these teams is going to end up in the bottom of their division. It's just going to be fun to see which one, I guess. Um, you know what? One and a half points seems pretty tempting. I guess I'll take the Niners. I'm going to take the Niners, too. Yeah, that, that was a real fun one, right? Uh, yeah. Real interesting. Uh, let's move on to something a little more enticing. Well, let's see what the coin has to say. Oh, yeah. See, this game is so boring. I'm already moving on. Looks like the coin is going to go with the underdog here. Looks like uh, we're going to go with the Niners. So it's another consensus pick for the three of us. Real exciting stuff. This is what I was really trying to get to, something that we really would enjoy, and that would be the Steelers and Patriots, two of the league's premier teams going back the last 15 seasons. The Patriots are giving up Six and a half points to the Steelers here. It's going to be a real interesting matchup. Um, do you have any thoughts here? I think the Steelers are going to hang. I think the Steelers can hang with the Patriots in most situations. But, I mean, in this one, there's just too much missing for the Steelers, in my opinion. Losing Antonio Brown, I mean, they got to find out a way to get all those targets that were soaked up from Antonio Brown to all these other guys. Couldn't you say the Pats are facing a similar issue, though, with Gronk retiring? They could, but I also think they've bolstered their wideout core. And I think a lot of it, too, was when they had Josh Gordon last year, he didn't get to play the full season. Now he's coming in fresh, no controversies. He stayed off the weed. Uh, 
He's going to be good this year, I think. He's going to be a solid number two behind Edelman. I think once they get Ben Watson going, I think they're going to be fine with tight end. He's going to be missing some time as yeah. well. Yep, he's got some time to miss. But I really think that week one, I'm going with New England. Yeah, it's a tough one to think about. I mean, I, I do think you bring up some valid points. It's going to be interesting to see what the Steelers are like without their leading receiver over the last numerous years, Antonio Brown. I mean, I think Juju is more than capable of stepping up and – filling that role and and taking care of that production that's going to be sorely missed but it's going to be an interesting one i've learned throughout the years you never never bet against the patriots i mean i think this is going to be another one of those games where they're going to show who they are and we're just going to have to wait a few more weeks until they have that inevitable loss that catapults them to the super bowl because they'll just feed off of that one moment but We'll see what happens here. I think this is going to be another one of those anticlimactic games that people are thinking are going to be really interesting, but when it comes down to it, it's going to be it's going to be a bore. I think the Pats are going to take this one big time. So I got the Pats. You got the Pats. Let's see what the coin has. Looks like the coin is uh, sticking with us as well. We got heads on the coin, so that is another unanimous pick. We're going to all hope for New England there. Yep, the Patriot way. We have Houston Texans versus the New Orleans Saints. In New Orleans, and we have the Saints giving up six and a half to the Texans. Right here in the Superdome. Right here in the Silverdome. Yeah, uh, this is this is another one. It's it's real tough to go by just off of week one. Um, you got Bill O'Brien, who in this last week has proven himself in his new uh, GM role that he sort of has of a committee down there in Houston. He's proven to be like a... Uh, you you play a lot of Madden, tough, oh, right? Yeah. yeah, for sure. You play franchise mode, of course. You ever go through it and just make ridiculous trades and just offer like really stupid things, like uh, two third round picks for Odell Beckham Jr. and hopes that that goes through? Yeah, of course. That's kind of what everybody did with the Texans here the mm-hmm. last few days. I mean, I think Jadavian Clowney is worth much more than a third round pick, and if they knew they were going to trade him, why didn't they do that back in the off season when they? Could have found a team that could have negotiated an extension, therefore creating much higher value on that return and that deal. That oh, for, makes yeah, absolutely no sense. An in-demand top five pass rusher? Yeah. The, you'd think. Yeah, in a position that literally every single team in the league is always trying to find new talent at, that made no sense to me. And then you look at their, their big swing for the fence with the deal they made with Miami, uh, giving away those two first-round picks and various other picks for Laramie Tunsil and Kenny Stills. And it's like, what was the market? I can't imagine anyone else out there saying, yeah, I'm going to give up that sort of a package for those two players. I think they're fine pieces. I think they helped them. But at the same time, I think they gave up a lot of capital, and especially in, in a scenario where you have a team of a very porous old line. I mean, Tunsil's going to help fill that hole at left tackle. But at the same time, they got to keep Watson healthy. If he misses any time, this team is done. It's over. Like he is the one thing that makes this all crazy combination of players go. Without Watson, this is a complete waste of time. And you know what's funny here is we haven't spent a second talking about the Saints. I don't really think we have to because, in my opinion, I think oh, the I Saints... think there's one thing that we need to talk about with the Saints. <laughs> what do you got? Um, let's talk about the big play at the end of the NFC Championship game. I'm pretty sure there's still some people. Down in Cajun country, they're still feeling a little uneasy about this. And, you know, if you got, like, a trigger warning or anything like that for the end of that NFC Championship game, feel free. Skip ahead. We've got some more great content for you later. But right now we're going to talk about the travesty that was that non-call 
pass interference in the championship game, which led to a new rule this year where you're going to be able to see teams challenge those sort of pass interference plays. I don't think this is going to prevent what happened. I think this is just going to open up another can of worms and cause these ridiculously gone games to get even longer and things to get even more muddled. I think the NFL is a sport that's built on controversy, and I think this is going to help that. Yeah, of course. I mean, anytime they do something like that, that's obviously something I think that they're looking for personally to be able to open that up and make it even more confusing and kind of make it more controversial because in the end, that's just going to make more cash for them because let's face it, controversy creates cash. Well, that, that totally makes sense because it's 2019 and I still don't know what a catch is. I always thought is if you get the ball in possession and you get two feet down, then that's it. But, you know, they always got to make things kind of muddy and I think this is the intent of that rule. I don't think it fixes what happens in that game. But at the same time, I do think that game is going to be a big factor in this one. I think the Saints are going to come out hungry. I think they have something to prove. I think they feel cheated after what happened last season. And as a fan of a team that has had numerous things like that happen to them, I completely understand the mindset of what everyone is going through with this one. I think the Saints come out on Monday Night Football and they put a big whooping on the Texans. Yep, I agree. I think the Saints are going to win. I think they finally get to unleash Alvin, human animal, Kamara. I think he's going to tear it up. No more shared workload. I think Drew Brees is going to continue to click with Michael Thomas. I think that offense is going to be high-flying all season long like they have pretty much year in and year out. I expect the defense to make some, you know, make some positive strides forward. And I think just all things considered, with the Texans O-line, uh, their coaching situation, all these trades, all this, I mean, it seems like they're making trades like they're playing for now, but, man, I just don't see it against the Saints. Yeah, I, I think they, they're going to need some time to kind of sort some things out. I think this is a rough way to start the season. And it sounds like we're pretty unanimous here. We're yep. both going with New Orleans. Let's mm-hmm. see what our good old buddy, the coin, has to say about this one. It looks like uh, New Orleans is the popular pick. The coin went heads on that. So, again, another unanimous pick. Looks like we're all rolling with the Saints. The Denver Broncos versus the parts unknown Raiders. They're giving up two and a half points to the Denver Broncos this week. I thought they were in Las Vegas. I don't think anyone knows where they are. Oh, yeah, that's right. Nobody wanted them, so they had to stick it out one more year in Oakland. Oh, that's got to be miserable. I can't imagine being in that scenario. So, yeah, I mean, (laughs) this is just a bad, bad game. I'm really glad they put this one on at 10 o'clock on Monday. I can safely sleep through this one and know that I'm not missing anything. I think this is going to be one of those games where the Denver defense is going to come to play. They're going to show up, and they are going to completely shut down Derek Carr and the newly acquired uh, helmet freak Antonio Brown. I think uh, I think our boy Gruden's going to be a little sad about that one. I think the Oakland Raiders are going to go out there and they're going to lay the whooping on the Denver Broncos, man. I tell you what. Oh, oh, what is this? We got we got Coach Gruden yep, in studio. Yep, I'm here. I'm on the line. I got that other jabroni off the line there, and now I'm sitting here talking to you, telling you right now. Denver Broncos are going to lose the game. The Oakland Raiders are going to be throwing it down the turkey holes. We're going to be going to Hooters after the game. We're going to get a oh, one of them ice buckets of Coronas. One of them, uh, the nice uh, Hooters girls are going to be bringing it to us. We're going to drink it, and then we're going to celebrate our victory against the Denver Broncos, man. Yeah. So, Coach, uh, what, what's your outlook on the season? How do you think you guys are going to do? 
I think we're going to do good, man. What do you want me to say, man? I think we're going to do good. I think we're going to throw the ball out there, man. Derek Carr and Antonio Brown, man. They're going to be, woo, they're going to be a connection there, man. We're talking all kinds of big numbers, big games. They're going to be big Ws, man. We're going to win. We're going to be getting a lot of ice buckets from Hooters with the Coronas, man, I tell you. Oh, we love to hear that, Coach. Stop by any time. We'd love to hear your of thoughts. Of course, man. I'd love to stop by. I'd love to talk to you guys, you know. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. See you later, Coach. Well, that, that was really weird, wasn't it? Yeah. Where'd he come from? Hey, you never know. Anything's possible on even the odds. Um, but I think I made my point pretty clear. I'm I'm sticking with Denver here. Uh, are Are you good thinking the unthinkable? Or are you going? I'm thinking the unthinkable, man. I got to go with Coach Gruden there. I think we're going with the parts unknown Raiders. I mean, especially after that call. I mean, it's kind of hard to pick against the man. But I mean, I'm still sticking with that that staunch Denver defense. But it uh, looks like we're split on this one. But let's yeah. see what the coin has to say. Looks like the coin is feeling the Raiders' charm. So there you have it. That's our picks for the week. Uh, I hope you enjoyed Even the Odds. We'll be back at you next Wednesday. Uh, We'll be able to follow us up for week two action. Of course, be sure to remember to uh, follow us on social media. Like us on all the platforms. Be sure to join the Pick'em League. It is not too late. We will also be dropping the lowest score that you'll have all season. So even if you miss week one, be sure to check us out for week two. And as always, I'm Jim. And I'm Tub. And this is Even the Odds. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week. And to close out the show, we have this week's great moments in football history. Enjoy. There's we see the, the buckets. Now there's a third bucket this week. I think what happened, there's always been, yeah, there's always been like a mother and father. Like this is a father bucket, this is a mother bucket, and since the last game, they had a baby bucket. So this is a baby bucket. So they got three now. There always been two. One's going to go to Parcells, one's going to go to another assistant, and one will go to a player later in the game. I guess that clears up the question as to whether they're married or not. Well, yeah, well, they got married. Yeah, they got married in that baby bucket. That's Ruth's son over the right side and out of bounds by Steve Wilson. That's the bucket. Well, they ought to, I mean, I mean the bucket. You know, that's how big it is. I mean, third year in the league, and then you ask questions like, "Is it married?" Yeah, bucket's married. Bucket, you got a family bucket. Yeah, yep, yeah, got a baby bucket, and then brought the ice because we're in California. Family, heavy ice. See, the baby can't sit up there with the mom and dad though. <laughs> 5.51 left to play. Roussan went out of bounds. First and 10 Giants.